0: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: Welcome to Viral, a brand new podcast series looking at COVID-19 as it continues to affect Ireland and the international world in a growing capacity. On the advice of an effort today, uh, the St. Patrick's Day Festival across the country has been cancelled. Uh, This is nationwide, not just in Dublin. We're updating you to tell you that there are three new cases of COVID-19 that we've diagnosed uh, up to lunchtime today. First of those is a female from the south, another is a female from the west, and then the third is another female from the south who is a healthcare worker arising as a contact with a confirmed case. But even with the space and equipment, there are only so many uh, anaesthetists and only so many ICU nurses. Um, in Europe, never mind uh, in Ireland, so uh, this is going to be, uh, if the worst projections come true and come to be the case, and if a vaccine and a treatment is not developed, um, then obviously uh, the situation is going to be uh, not like anything that we've experienced uh, in, in our living memory. You have just listened to some pretty chilling words from the well-known voice of Leo Varadkar and the increasingly familiar voice of Dr. Tony Hulin, Chief Medical Officer of the Department of Health. In the past two days, we have seen the cancellation of Ireland's biggest annual event and tourist attraction, as well as the whole country of Italy being put on what is essentially lockdown. For today's podcast, I caught up with the Irish Suns, Adam Higgins, to talk about this and more, and we are live from the Department of Health press conference on Bagot Street. Later on in the podcast, Dr. Kim Roberts, who's an expert virologist from Trinity College in Dublin, will deliver a special report about the science behind transmission and what we can do to avoid spreading or contracting COVID-19. We are going to be heard three times a week for the next few weeks as this story progresses. So if you want to stay up to date with news and info about COVID-19, we will be speaking to some of the country's leading scientists, healthcare professionals, and the people that the virus is affecting firsthand most. Make sure to join us here. Adam, so as we know, the St. Patrick's Festival is now cancelled as of today. Do you know what decision was made over the weekend for this to happen? Because we were told on Friday that it was possibly going ahead uh, and all the indications were at that stage that it would be.
3: The department has always said over the past, few weeks since this all started happening that as it stands the festival will go ahead and the parades will go ahead but over the past few days the cases have increased certainly here over the past few days they've gone up by two and three and then I think the thing that changed this weekend that has pushed them into this decision is that across the world the cases have set into double now, so we're seeing cases jump up to 9,000 places like Italy. And I think it's the global situation that has caused this concern, which has led to the cancellation of the parade.
2: And we heard Dr. Tony Hoolan speaking in the press conference right there that although Italy still is probably the main focus within Europe, our concerns have to now be widening to other parts because we're seeing huge jumps in the likes of France and the likes of Spain and our nearest neighbours in the UK as well. What do we know about what we can expect the Irish capacity to grow by in the next couple of weeks? Was there any indication today on how our numbers might jump to replicate theirs?
3: When it comes to predictions, the department has always played their cards quite close to their chest. And the reason for that is that they don't want to spark off a panic. But at the weekend, we did see a leaked report in one of the Sunday newspapers about 1.9 million people in Ireland possibly getting a case case of COVID at some stage of the next number of months. And then Professor Sam Conkey on the radio over the weekend, he's saying that that could go up to 4 million. And the Taoiseach today in his press conference said that he expects somewhere between 50 and 60% of us to pick up this virus at some stage. But he also said that a lot of us might not even notice we had it. It would be so mild, the cases are. But it's important to say that a lot of these cases, the death rate for this virus is still kind of unknown. It's somewhere between 1% and 3%. So the people who are going to have to be hospitalised and need serious care will still be quite numerous if it does reach the, the heights that these experts are predicting.
2: We heard Dr Tony Hewlin speaking about the three various stages we can expect Ireland to go into. The first one was the containment phase, and he said we're in that now. We'll then be moving to a delay phase, and then finally on to mitigation. Do you know what these phases he's speaking about actually mean, or what they might entail for the general public?
3: So we've been in containment now since this all started, and the department has always said that they want to remain in containment for as long as possible because in the containment phase we have such a small number of cases that the HSE are able to speak with each case individually and go about tracing each person that has been in contact with them and testing them and asking them to go in self-isolation. When this moves on to the delay that tracing becomes much more difficult because the cases will be much more numerous. So, when it comes into delay, it's about delaying the, the final stage of mitigation, which is where countries like Italy are at now at the moment, where you're talking about quarantining large parts of the country.
2: And we've heard of three new cases today, all females, and one was a healthcare worker. Could you sense any angst from the HSE and the Department of Health today? of how that might play out and how well covered we might be for our healthcare workers in case this virus does spread and infiltrate the staff themselves.
3: Dr Tony Holhan, the Chief Medical Officer of the Department of Health has always said even from his very first press conference about health workers and healthcare workers will be a concern here so we see today and one of the new numbers is that a female in a hospital in the south is one of the new cases today so that's always going to be a concern for the health service.
2: Over the past couple of weeks, there's been no shortage of information surrounding the right protocols to help contain the coronavirus. Some people have complained it's overload, but while there's no vaccine available at present, information like washing your hands thoroughly can actually help contain the virus. Time magazine even have a whole article that looks at songs you can wash your hands to. Aside from the obvious inclusion of the happy birthday song, they've also suggested God Save the Queen as well as this song, released by the Vietnamese Department of Health. It advises listeners to be responsible if we want to keep it from exploding. For this episode, we want to look at the ways COVID-19 transmits from peer to peer, but specifically the science behind it and how best to prevent it. One of the many questions I've thought over the past week is what is the difference between epidemic and pandemic?
1: That's a really good question. So the difference between an epidemic and a pandemic is global scale.
2: Dr. Kim Roberts is an influenza virus researcher and virology lecturer at Trinity College Dublin.
1: So an epidemic happens in a localised area, Um, which could be a city or it could be a country, whilst a pandemic is the global spread of the virus. So it's when the virus has reached pretty much all countries um, in all parts of the world.
2: And how far away are we from reaching pandemic, or is it fitting to call it a pandemic at this stage?
1: I think... um, it's pretty safe to call it a pandemic at the moment. I think there's been some hesitancy to do that because the word pandemic can incite fear and it can also suggest that we can't control the, the spread of the virus. And the aim of the WHO at the moment is to really try and um, try and limit the spread of the virus and, and prevent as much spread as possible. So they've been quite hesitant in, in calling it a pandemic Um but it's just a word, and we're pretty much there.
2: From what scientists know so far, the main way it does spread is through respiratory droplets.
1: These are the large water droplets that you breathe out, you cough, and you sneeze out. Um, but they are generated just when we breathe and when we talk as well, so you don't need a big um, coughing fit, although obviously coughing will expel more of these large respiratory droplets. They don't hang in the air for very long, they settle down on surfaces quite quickly and within about a metre radius. So that's why when we talk about transmission, we talk about um, close contacts, because in order to breathe in these, um, these droplets or have one of these droplets land on you, You need to be within about a metre of the person who is infected and breathing out the virus.
2: One of the areas scientists don't understand currently is whether or not the virus is transmitted through aerosols.
1: Aerosols are the smaller um, droplets that we produce when we breathe and, and cough and talk. But those are droplets that stay in the air for much longer and we breathe those in more readily directly into our lungs. Influenza, for example, is predominantly transmitted by aerosols. Whilst some of the common cold viruses, they're predominantly transmitted by respiratory droplets and by this um, contamination of your hands by touching a surface that's got these droplets landed on them. Your hands get contaminated and then you infect yourself by um, putting your hands in your mouth, your nose um, or your eyes.
2: A video circulated around the internet of an Iranian health ministry press conference taking place about the coronavirus. What was notable, however, was the appearance of Iran's deputy health minister in the background, sweating profusely, rubbing his forehead and looking downright feverish. And it came to nobody's surprise that he tested positive for the virus a couple of days later. This was an occasion where the symptoms were so glaringly obvious that the clip went viral. But the difficult thing to know about COVID-19 is that people can transmit the virus when they also have very mild
1: symptoms. In the media we're hearing quite a lot about people talking about asymptomatic transmission. That is when somebody doesn't show any symptoms and they're still passing on the virus. The evidence for that, for this coronavirus, is actually um, pretty weak. The number of, of people who are truly asymptomatic and not showing any symptoms passing on the virus is really, really small. But Mild symptoms with this virus is the sort of symptoms that you would normally just ignore and go to work with. So they're the common cold symptoms that would make you feel a bit under the weather. Mm. Um, You might have a cough, you might have a bit of a raised temperature, but these symptoms can be quite low level in people So they just take a bit of paracetamol and crack on with their day.
2: In the data gathered so far, there's been some variation between the different types of coronaviruses and how they survive on surfaces.
1: Certainly they survive for hours. Some coronaviruses on certain surfaces, like um, plastic, for example, can survive for days, possibly a week. So there is a chance that this virus can survive for a long time on surfaces, but we don't have the data to be sure.
2: As it stands, the majority of people have to go about their daily lives as normal. What advice would you give them to try and stay as safe as possible?
1: Because we can infect ourselves with contaminated hands, it's really important that people wash their hands regularly. Minimising touching your face, your eyes, um, your nose, your mouth with, with fingers that may be contaminated is one of the best ways to protect yourself. I think if you are in a a vulnerable group, so a group which is at risk of having a more severe infection with this virus, those people should really consider, um, risk assess themselves, going out in different situations Mm. and decide you know, what risks are they prepared to take and what ways of minimising those risks.
2: At the moment, Kim says it's really difficult to estimate how many infected people we have in this country, which is one of the biggest complications in how we try and contain it as much as possible.
1: Testing for this virus is best when people have symptoms. So that can mean that people who have very mild symptoms that can still be shedding the virus and not being detected. So at this point, we don't know how much viruses um, is going on within the country. So starting to take um, serious precautions to protect yourself is really, um, is really sensible at this point. I should point out that masks are not recommended. Mm. So unless you've been asked to wear a mask by a health professional, um, it's really not recommended to wear um, a surgical mask. One, they're in short supply and hospital staff really, really need them. And two, um, they, they might protect other people if you yourself are infected But the data on how well these masks protect um, an individual who is well is very mixed. One of the problems with these masks is that most of us are not used to wearing them and they're quite uncomfortable. And the more you adjust and fiddle with your mask, the more you are touching your face um, with your hands. And so that can increase the chance of infecting yourself. Not only that, but people have to be trained in how you take off the mask safely so that you don't contaminate your hands with the virus that is potentially on that mask. So wearing a mask may seem like it makes a lot of sense, but actually it can put you at greater risk of infection.
2: And that was episode one of viral COVID-19. We will be back tomorrow for more live updates from Ireland and around the world. So subscribe now and make sure you don't miss an episode of this mini-series. In tomorrow's podcast, we'll be chatting to Trinity College Dublin's Professor of Psychiatry, Brendan Kelly, about panic, hysteria and how they are helping the spread of COVID-19. I'd like to thank Dr. Kim Roberts and Adam Higgins from the Irish Sun for joining us today. I'm Ian Doyle. I'll see you Wednesday.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince.